escape to the metaverse But act like you know, yeah You are now tuned in to the Matthew and Rizzle show, yeah uh, Escape to the metaverse Better act like you know, yeah You are now tuned in to the Matthew and Rizzle show, yeah Everybody, before this week's show, just want to deliver a quick message from this month's sponsor, Cryptomotors. On July 29th, Cryptomotors, the world's first digital automaker powered by the Ethereum network, will launch the Gen 1 Neon Roadster drop, which includes 150 unique NFT production series cars with five original striking colors. The last launch sold out in minutes. So make sure you are quick to secure a Neon Roadster of your own. They will be available for purchase on OpenSea and distributed in three batches. Batch number one launches July 29th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Batch number two launches the next day on July 30th, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. And batch number three launches July 31st at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Be on the lookout for ultra rare hidden units that are virtual racer neon roadster models featuring a unique design, color, and other trait attributes. More details about the drop, available units, hidden units, and colors can also be found on Cryptomotors Medium page. And you can also follow the drop and join the Cryptomotors community via Discord. Look out for those links in the show notes and please enjoy today's episode. Okay, Snowfro. Welcome back to the Matthew and Rizzo show. Thanks for having me back, guys. So excited to have you back. It feels like the whole world's changed about three or four different times since we last spoke. Art Blocks has blown the F up. But can you like walk us from where we were the last time we chatted up until now? The diff- all the progress, all the change, all the insanity uh, for Art Blocks and the space at large. I'm just curious to hear your take on how everything's changed so far man when did we talk was it january i mean it really literally feels like it, it's trillion a, crypto years ago it's such a funny <laughs> thing we talk about how crypto years are so fast and it's such a, it's become such a like meme i guess in our in our conversation but it's so true too like it's really hard to put yeah. it into words there's no other experience i've ever had in my life that just moves so fast i feel like i am now 80% more gray hairs on my face just as a result of like the last, you know, five months of, of, of crypto. And um, yeah, it's, you know, I think last time we talked, Dude, you got the snapback. This was like pre celebrity <laughs> invasion. Like, honestly, I'm pretty sure, you know, pre like, you know, major auction houses entering the space. And, and now I feel like you're sort of getting like the snapback of all like, 
the money grabs and like junk NFTs and all of a sudden the attention's turning towards like really actually interesting, innovative, uh, you know, projects that are utilizing the tech in interesting ways. And like all of a sudden snow froze on top of the world. It's like, hell yeah, dude, we were here from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And y'all were so kind to even let me talk uh, to y'all early on. I, I, the, the validation is, is pretty surreal uh, and, and incredible. Uh, you know, it's, it's terrifying to a degree too, just because it, it, you know, has just escalated to a point where, um, you know, I'm on calls, maybe like seven or eight calls a day at this point and um, no complaints. They're all really awesome opportunities, really fun stuff that's coming our way. It's just, it's really happening like really quickly. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, so if we talked in January, I think in January, we probably, you know, besides the Chromie Squiggle, which kind of has its own weird life, we had probably minted a couple thousand NFTs. Um, I think it was probably right before the ringers drop, if it was January, which I think the ringers drop was kind of our, like a, a major milestone for Artbox in terms of giving people uh, an understanding of the variety that you can get from algorithmic art. Uh, we have since minted 48,000 NFTs uh, in the last seven months, um, al along with deployed about 101 art projects. 100, I think we're on 107, but I don't think they're all deployed. So I think we've deployed 101 art projects uh, and grown our community from, you know, like a really beautiful 500 or so people in Discord to, I think we're at, you know, about to hit 7,000. And uh, it's, it's, it's surreal. It's, it's something where sometimes I'm, I'm sleeping and I have these weird nightmares when I, where I wake up and it's like, I never launched art blocks and it was just this crazy idea. And it just stayed a crazy idea. And, and I see somebody else, you know, had done it. And I, and it's, I, it's, it's like a, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird way to wake up because it happens kind of, kind of regularly. Like I, I feel like, um, you know, my whole life I, I spend coming up with entrepreneurial kind of endeavors and ideas and, and some of them work, out and some of them don't i mean that's part of being an entrepreneur and my my kind of my biggest weird nightmare is this one where i wake up and i'm like oh shit somebody did it uh and i missed the boat and so i, I don't know if that's even further validation or if that's just like insane paranoia on my part but uh yeah we've we've come a long way uh in the last in the last few months so um yeah we have we have a team now there's six of us um like beautiful people that i'm very very lucky to work with every day, maybe growing that team here pretty soon. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, the, the, the community response has just been uh, insane. And I'm curious kind of how y'all see it from your side. I mean, we've all kind of been in the crypto space for such a long time and we see these projects come and go, um, you know, here and there. And I, I, I do feel like we, we stand out a little bit from kind of the everyday stuff, but it is still crypto and it's still, you know, um, madness so yeah i'm always kind of curious what it, what it looks like from the outside dude I, I can only speak for myself man but i mean enough people are familiar with my like takes on like the money grabs and like the low effort stuff that honestly like i think a lot of like some of the low effort stuff is like cute and have accumulated something anyway yeah. but, <laughs> but but <laughs> But I feel like the people who are here, you know, like a lot of us who have been here for so long, man, it, it's it's so gratifying to see someone like yourself, like who have really pushed the boundaries of like innovation and like art and doing interesting stuff with the technology, like 
succeed, uh, you know, in a big way and, and in a way that has also rewarded a lot of artists, uh, you know, getting their name out there. And, you know, a lot of them have had successful drops and it's, it's cool to see like the appreciation of what you're doing, like really gain some traction, uh, you know, like nerd serious nerd clout going on that was like going viral. And, and it's great, dude. It's, it's like beautiful to see. I feel like we've been waiting for something like that. Viral nerd yeah. clout. Nerd clout. It's kind of a tongue twister. But I love that person. I feel viral like nerd clout. Yeah. I, that's going to have to weasel its way into the title. Of viral nerd clout. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> No, and, dude, it's so crazy. I've had weird dreams like that too, where it's just like I wake up back in university and I'm like, I didn't fucking graduate or do any of the stuff that I thought I did before. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's terrible. It's like, oh my God, like I missed everything again. Um, no, but the, the growth of art blocks is something that, like, again, I, I think back to the whip where we brought you on and we had like that. <laughs> beta of squiggles and people could like play around and like see the different iterations that they could potentially scoop when the project goes live fast forward to now and it's just like wow like we were we were just fucking around in the sandbox right like you just kind of put it out there in the world and like okay this is algorithmic generative art this is something i've been super passionate about i have a bunch of buddies that have some great projects that they're going to launch curated project section and Again, like how how crazy is it that like the niche of niches within the art world, not just like digital art, but like it's crazy that it's hit. And now you're seeing people appreciate the beauty that's possible through this this art form, right? Of programmatic generative art. And now they're putting it all over their backgrounds on Twitter. I'm in that camp as well i scooped a fidenza spiral and i'm just like oh my god this is like my prized possession at this point and spiral heck yeah yeah. and to see people just appreciate and value and like love this art is just again it's it's been mind-blowing over the past six months to see people appreciate digital art in that way and just to see that same love and energy and passion spread to the projects that you're putting on on art blocks it just again it just makes my heart melt all over again it makes me so excited for what's what's possible heading forward because i I still think that we're just scratching the surface of what's possible in the different artists right i think we are scratching the surface and i mean i i really genuinely appreciate what you just said like i as a as a you know crypto degenerate for the last four years like in the (laughs) crypto punks discord and you know, kind of watching people come and go. I, I do think that I've sensed genuine emotion from people who have otherwise simply participated in, in DeFi, for example, and just, you know, in it for the, for the cash. And that's okay. Like I really don't have ill feelings for people that are here to make some money. I mean, that's okay. You know, that's part of the excitement. That's part of the beauty of decentralized economies. But I, I think one of the most rewarding parts of this process is that I see people I, I, I genuinely believe that we've introduced people to art appreciation, uh, possibly for the first time in their lives, depending on what part of their age they're in. I mean, they might've even appreciated art as, you know, it's like, oh, that's the thing that you sell at galleries. But, you know, some, some of the ways that some of the people speak about their pieces in the channels make me realize, like, I, I think that, yeah, they might still flip it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crypto. <laughs> But I, I think they actually do get emotionally attached to the work. And I think 
that's what art is about. It's to create a bond, to create an emotional attachment, to create a conversation with yourself and with others uh, when you look at it. And we've somehow managed to achieve that. Not that it wasn't achieved before, and there's other amazing art communities in the NFT space and beyond, but I think we've achieved it in a new way, um, a way that hasn't existed before in, in terms of community, in terms of sharing. And, and, and to be honest, it's not something I planned for. I can't say that, oh yeah, man, we, I wanted to come out with our blog so that we could have you know, a thousand people discussing their generative mints you know, and back and forth. And cre- yeah, I, no idea that the artist channels inside of the Artbox Discord would be some of the busiest channels, each individual channel just having their own loyal collectors, their own discussions, their own nerd out sessions. That was definitely not part of the plan. That's definitely a byproduct. But what I've learned is that 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 might be one of the most powerful things about art blocks and generative minting just in general is that you're, you're creating these communities that their bond is, it's just like a top shot community that the bond is this collectible, but unlike top shot where, you know, the bond is also, man, maybe I saw this basketball player played it at this game, or I was at a game where he had a buzzer beater or something like that. That's your emotional connection. And that's great for sports enthusiasts. Um, I'm a baseball enthusiast, so I can definitely get behind that. But in the, in the art world, obviously, that's meant more to have an emotional connection with your pieces. And I think what we're seeing as massive amounts of collectors talk about the same piece in their own way and what they received in the emotional attachment to art, um, it's just different. I think it's, I think it's different. I think it's part of the growth. Um, we have a lot of people that join the Discord and they're like, oh, this is my first... NFT, that to me is another, you know, beautiful achievement, but also they join the channels and all of a sudden a week later, they're like having active discussions about why the singularity that they have speaks to them in such a profound way. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I think that that's one of the most important things is we're seeing people appreciate art, maybe less likely to flip, maybe less likely to sell. Even in the real art world, people buy real art and they eventually sell it. I'm actually listening to this book called the $12 billion stuff shark. Uh, I, I can't even like express more how much everybody should listen to that book and kind of get a sense for what's happening in this space. It actually creates some crazy validation for what's happening in this space. Like how we are attributing $2,000 to a chromie squiggle and people are tattooing them on their bodies. Like we had somebody tattoo a chrome so squiggle on their so body yesterday. Cam W, big shout out. I mean, I was like, but like when I first saw it, I was kind of terrified because I was like, oh my God, like that is permanent. Just like the blockchain is permanent. Like this is like permanent. But then I was also, of course, super flattered and really excited. Also, it was an incredible tattoo. I, I, I mean, I don't know much about tattoos, but I didn't realize you could make a gradient out of a tattoo yeah. like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this, 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 what's happening with the squiggle and with some of these specific art pieces, um, uh, I'm rambling. Check out $12 million stuffed shark and, and get a little bit of insight as to kind of where this kind of drive for pricing and like status is, is coming from. It's, it's really insightful. Dude, so when we had you back on the, uh, on the podcast, like back in January, I feel like generative art in its like conceptual form was still like very new there, uh, at least like new to a lot of people's radars. There are like a few other projects out there that were doing, you know, experiments with generative art, but you know, I feel like art blocks specifically like really put that whole concept on the map. Uh, and again, like not trying to talk trash, but you know, there are a ton of generative projects out there that are like, 
uh, I don't want to say like without intention, but like certainly not with the same level of intention that Artblocks is. And and there's a space for those projects. Again, you'll find a lot of them in my wallet as well. I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, not, not, not saying anything about anything other than I do feel like there is a significant distinction between what you're doing that's called like randomly generated art and what a lot of people now know as randomly generated art. And wondering if you wouldn't mind, like, you know, sort of making the distinction in terms of like what you guys are doing and some of like the randomly generated stuff that, you know, a lot of uh, people are putting out there now. Yeah, th- I mean, there, there's a lot of things going on. So, you know, a lot of introspect uh, is happening in, in, in my mind. And one of them, uh, one of the things that I've really kind of come down to the idea of is that the, the concept of minting your piece. So, you know, there's a lot of conversations in the channel of like, oh, man it's so much more fun to mint your piece than to buy it on the secondary market. And it's true. I mean, obviously we're having these crazy gas wars and it's you know, making me stay up all night trying to think about solutions. But if, if, if you mint a piece, not only does that give you like a more kind of participatory experience in minting the piece directly. And so therefore you feel like you own it and it belongs to you in a different way, but it also, because of that experience opens you to what's on the secondary market and there's something a little bit different about then buying something on the secondary market after you mint your own piece, because you minted your piece, you got excited about it. You, you know, you were presented with it. Nothing is ugly, hopefully coming out of art blocks. Uh, and th- there's a really good example of a, of a piece where somebody minted a, it was a Libertad Parametrizada, which is a piece by uh, Z George. Uh, and it was like these weird colors of pink and orange on top of each other. And the guy that minted it was like, Oh, this is awful. And I was like, that is, such a cool color combination. Like I, like I wanted it really bad. So I traded with them. Um, It's, 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 it's just really interesting. Like you mint and then you see what's on the market and you see what you didn't get to mint. And so then you feel like you can add to your collection. And I'm not saying that if you don't ever mint art blocks, you're missing out on like the, the entire thing. I mean, the art is still beautiful. It's really fun to collect it, but yeah, the idea that you mint your own work, I think is significant to the, to the, to the entire enjoyment, to the entire participatory process. Also, I think um, the curation, I think, is important, right? We, we have in the curated section, which the bar keeps getting set higher and higher and higher. We have now worked with, you know, I can probably say some of the best generative artists in the world. Um, not, like, not like a handful. I mean, most of them. I think that there may be, just as someone that's been following generative art for a really long time, there's maybe five out of hundreds of the, you know, generative artists in this world that I would want to be on the platform. Maybe there's five that haven't launched and three of them are in the pipeline. And so we've established kind of the, in, in this movement of generative art and keep in mind that generative art has existed forever. It's just, it was never called generative art. It was just art. And uh, which leads me to another thing. Somebody asked me the other day, like what, what makes a, a piece of generative art good and to me, the answer is if you can drop the word generative and it's still art, then it's a good piece of generative art. But that's as an aside. Um, these, these, uh, these artists are just like putting out this top-notch stuff and it's blowing people's minds. The variation is blowing people's minds. And so like they can keep coming back and know that what's coming out is going to, because the curation board is becoming like insanely strict. I mean, literally incredible artworks are not going into the curated section of art blocks, uh, which says a lot for the factory projects because they're amazing pieces of art. But like you can come back and you can know that this bar is gonna have to be set higher because we have more demand because we don't wanna see repetition of similar concepts because we 
want to just always encourage people to kind of push and innovate. Uh, and so that kind of gives a secondary, you know, confidence level in, in every, anything that's an art box piece, right? Um, versus- can you, can you double click into that curated board and how that's structured and how that review process goes oh on? Oh my gosh, I feel yeah. Like, that's dude, I, I feel like that's such an important piece of what makes art blocks tick that when you had talked about and touched on it previously, I was like, wow, I can't believe- I've never heard any other project or, or platform or marketplace really employ something like this. So yeah, would love to have you unpack that. Yeah. Uh, well, and I'm going to say one more thing about the previous topic, which is just the final thing of the, the fact that if you have a standalone project, those standalone projects can be totally amazing and they live in their own little smart contract. And, you know, obviously OpenSea is a huge marketplace for these things. And so they have their own storefront on, on OpenSea and they have their own rankings on OpenSea, but it's, it's, we live in a very ADD community. So a lot of the reasons I think that Artbox also is kind of having a, a, a little bit more success, which is actually just a complete byproduct is the fact that our collections are kept together, that, you know, the total sales of all of these together because they're in the same storefront, keep them in the top lists, which keeps them on people's radars and, and that's, I think, maybe the biggest differentiator between some of the other generative avatar projects that are out there. It's like, they're amazing. Look at Board 8, Yarp Club. Awesome, awesome project. They Way more sales than our blocks, way more traction than our blocks. And it's just a matter of, can they sustain that level of excitement and intensity as more and more projects come down the pipeline between our blocks and other, and other projects? So that third component, I think, is kind of super important and something that we kind of stumbled into that's kind of given us a little bit more traction and success. Um, the, regarding the curation board, yeah. So, you know, part of the reason that the curation board exists is because as much as I like generative art, I, I am not a, an art history person. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have a background in art. I just have been tinkering with code for a really long time. And I, and I didn't feel like I could do the platform justice by being the one that made the decisions as to what got on the platform or not. Also, um, as my wife and also my uh, dear friend, um, Pixel Pete, which is very active in the community. Um, both of them will be very quick to tell you that I love everything, that I just get excited about everything. And, and, you know, eventually they're like, Hey dude, like you can't, like, you're never going to say no to anything. Uh, and then finally, you know, we, we I want to be able to maintain a totally transparent relationship with the artists and be able to not be someone that they have to, they feel like they have to convince or talk into. Like, I literally just want to have the same conversations with artists now than I was having before, art blocks could potentially generate, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in income for them in a, in a, in a few minutes. And so uh, we, we created the curation board to allow me to kind of step aside. I don't vote on the curation board. I supervise the going on of the curation board, mainly because I want to see what the projects are that are coming through. And, and now we are up to like 24 members of the curation board. And they are people that come from all walks of life. They're NFT collectors. They are generative art gallerists. They're generative art artists. They're, um, finance people, investors in art blocks. Uh, Dan from OpenSea is someone that I don't think has missed a single curation round, right? I mean, because you have to understand a lot of these people are super busy. And so, you know, we, we, we get a, a, a smorgasbord of the, of the curators, but we don't get all of them on every vote. Uh, people that literally are so deeply ingrained with the NFT space or the generative art space or finance are voting what makes sense for art blocks. And in this case, what makes sense for art blocks is not necessarily what makes sense for the artist. It's what makes sense for the artist, the collector, and the platform, all three of them combined. And, and I think that's really important to consider. It'd be really awesome 
to be able to do, for example, like uh, Nifty Gateway does open editions. It would be so awesome and such a relief to be able to do that because it, it would take some of the pressure off of like what's best for the platform or what's best for the collector or the artist, except for a generative artist can't, especially if something's curated, especially if something has like deep love and, and, and work put into it, you can't leave the edition number open-ended because that piece is usually created to have a specific number of editions of variation. If, if you create it for 200 editions and you get 10,000, then you're going to get a bunch of repetition and some of that excitement is going to be lost from, you know, from that algorithm. So when, when I say that, you know, the curators are there to kind of create what's best for the platform, it's what's best to elevate everybody that's involved in the platform to protect the collectors so that they don't have to buy a new curated drop like every single day. If that could be, you know, um, can even be possible given the new constraints that we're putting on the curated artists is to protect the artists so that they're not forced to create an algorithm that doesn't fit within, you know, the, an edition size that fits within their algorithm is to protect the platform so that we're not putting out a 200 edition drop as a curated drop. That's going to cause a huge gas spike in the Ethereum marketplace, which obviously we're causing that and feel really guilty about that. And we're working through solutions for that anyways. But um, I mean, that's happening in the factory drops these days. So at some point, you know, we're, we're kind of struggling with that, but that's what the curators are for. They're amazing. Their comments are so awome. Uh, and if you, if you could read some of the, the backend comments of like what they say, it's you know you can see their internal struggles with saying this is an amazing piece, but it has very similar features to this other piece. And so you know we need to encourage artists to like see the existing catalog of art blocks curated and design and develop against that. Um, you know take that as a challenge to kind of design and develop against that. Uh, and the last thing I'd say on that regard is that we, you know, originally most artists that deployed on art blocks were established generative artists that already had algorithms that they adapted to work with art blocks. And that's great because these algorithms are usually like they're kind of cornerstone algorithms that they've been using their whole life or building uh, the whole generative life. Uh, now that they've deployed them, we're seeing artists develop algorithms specific to art blocks, specifically to appeal to bigger mint edition sizes or based on the reactions to Fidenza, people might see like what people are excited about in terms of variation and an artist that's really conscious of what's happening can absorb all of that and actually create a piece, use their expertise, their technical proficiency in coding, their artistic abilities to create something that actually suits the platform as a whole, not from a corporate, like our block needs to make money. I mean, the platform, because when something is successful on the platform, everybody involved is successful, including the artists and including the collectors. Dude, that, that is one of the things that I've noticed about art blocks. And I feel like we're seeing a lot of that now with some of like the, uh, a lot of the really early projects uh, taken off on the secondary market and everything. Um, dude, one, one of the things that I personally, and I'm sure you, uh, is that's really cool about art blocks is I feel like a lot of these artists uh, and creators have, used it you know sort of as form for experimentation of like the intersection of like art and you know uh, algorithms and algorithmic art or you know however you would generative all all the terms uh dude so from your perspective man you've sort of had a bird's eye view of all of this uh without choosing favorites can you like point out a few uh creators who have taken this in like really interesting directions or used it as a way to do, you know, interesting experiments either with art technology or the combination of the two. Ooh, yeah. Asking me to pick my, my children here. Um, I, I'd say, okay. So first of all, 
just your favorite children, not the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, artists that have utilized the platform for charitable donations are um, at the top of my list there. I mean, obviously I'm a huge nerd for the art. And so that's a whole other conversation. And that would put me in a position where I'd have to pick favorites. Right. But I, I think that w- the outside world is so terrified about blockchain as this black market tool for, you know, buying drugs and, and, and there's all this speculation and everyone's looking at the price of Ethereum going up and down and Bitcoin. And it's like, there's such a vibe there um, that sometimes it's really hard for the outside world to see some of the most like genuinely positive use cases, not positive for charity. That's we'll talk about that in a second. I just mean positive changes in what blockchain technology can bring to the table that can facilitate things that just cannot happen in the normal world under normal conditions without insane amounts of effort. So one to highlight kind of what you're talking about, like there are artists that are setting some of them, a small percentage, some of them half of the value of every mint that goes to charity. And what's mind blowing here is that the collector is the one making the charitable contribution. I mean, obviously the artist is, too, but the artist might be kind of inflating the price a little bit because they know that the collector wants that piece. And so they're kind of encouraging the collector to make a donation to charity. Um, It's happening at the time of mint. It's being split by our smart contract. It's going directly into that charity's account. We're also kind of starting to work with organizations like Offsetra so that we might be able to kind of have an artist set a, the secondary beneficiary go directly to like carbon offsetting, whatever. To me, that is a way that I can explain what blockchain does to people that are outside the blockchain space that makes sense to them. Like that literally, I can get through to them and say, this is why blockchain is so amazing. You can't do this transparently in the outside world. Oh yeah, half of my sales go to charity. They go to my bank account. It's like, did you take half of them and give them to charity? Did you say, oh man, I had a bad month. So now I'm only going to do 30%. Like, I don't know, you want to trust charities, you want to trust, you know, the people that are saying they're going to do stuff charitably. Whereas with the, the blockchain, it's like instantly, you can see that that money went into that charitable organization's account. And to me, that's taking blockchain technology and generative art, generative minting, you know, one of one of X up to a, a totally different level. So that's, that's one thing that I think is really great. Also, we have a, a project that will launch in the next couple of weeks. That's a video game. Um, it's a very simple kind of like, paddle pong video game but it's gorgeous it's beautiful it's 3d objects you hit the object it disappears you know you eventually have to get the ball to hit something in the middle um i think there's a beautiful market for that in in the future where it's like you know i've I've always i've been pitching forever to for someone to make like a putt putt golf course where you know you meant a thousand courses some of them the ball actually can't physically get into the hole because (laughs) it was just generatively created that way so maybe that's like a dud but those duds are kind of cool in their own way because they're not winnable or maybe someone's going to spend hours trying to figure out a way to make it win and you can get it some of them are going to be a straight shot some of them are going to be really fun to play on and so you know oh then God, on somebody make this <laughs> on layer two you can get people that would collect 18 of those and create like a a layer two golf game where golfers come and they pay wow. 20 bucks and then they play yes. all 18 holes and the scores are tabulated and you know, that golf course is now kind of like when you go out to the suburbs and there's a golf course and that's a world renowned golf course because that golf, you know, you can get people curating these golf course, these, these putt putt holes into these full on golf courses that become these entities. Like that to me is something that is going to be really important in the future of generative minting 
overall and hopefully Artblocks will kind of be an innovator in that space. We're having a lot of conversations with game studios with that regard. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I, this first kind of game on the blockchain, super excited about that. Uh, it's like, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, pushing, it's pushing boundaries. Um, you know, we had a, a piece that dropped, I think it was after our last call. So something I just really want to draw attention to, there's a piece called 720 Minutes by Alexis Andre. It's a clock. It listens to your system time. So it still is very decentralized in the sense that it's not like making external calls to some API. It literally is his art, his vision, his like aesthetic built into the super abstract clock that ticks every second. And then one minute of the day, this is why it's called 720 minutes. One minute of the day is programmed to kind of have this like extra psychedelic response. And so when you collect these pieces, you have like your minute and I, I know a lot of people, for example, that have talked about, oh yeah, like, like for example, for me, I've, I haven't found it yet, but I've been seeking like 459, right? Like right before I leave work, I'd like to have this piece up in my wall and it just kind of, it's like an alarm, but it's like a visual alarm that goes off. So that's a huge innovation to me. Um, I'd say, I'd go out on a limb and say 60% of the people that own that piece don't even know that it's a clock. So obviously our messaging could be, could be better. Um, but yeah, that kind of innovation, I think is, is really... Uh, just that's where, when you mentioned earlier, we're just scratching the surface. Like we're really just scratching the surface. Uh, we're we're going to take stuff like that to a, to a totally different level. And we're excited to see what the community, um, how the community reacts. Well, shit, dude, and, my mind is blown. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like games, like generative <laughs> that's games. That's a great answer. Wow. Um, one of the, the things that you started to talk about at the beginning of that answer was how we can kind of make blockchain and the crypto space and NFTs seem like less of a black hole to people that are, are not deep down the rabbit hole with us um, using the, the charitable, charitable contribution angle uh, definitely is an eye opener to folks. But I think that just sort of what you were talking about, even before that, how like with, with a project like our blocks, there, there are multiple winners, right? There's obviously the team behind it that's been building it out, supporting it. Obviously, you're at the center of there. That that's winning when Artblocks wins. There's the artists that are able to launch and, like you said, generate like six figures um, within minutes, sometimes seconds, right? Which is incredible. But then there's this third set of folks, the, the actual collectors, the users, the fans that are are winning as well. And this is something that you really have not seen before at all, right? You, you've had these mega huge social networks where there's a lot of people on them. Some people have crazy huge followers and very, very few people were able to monetize that on the user side, right? Normally it's just the, the, the actual project and the state uh, shareholders that are, that are winning and regular people are, are left out to dry. Now we're seeing like users as citizens of these spaces, right? Like this community angle, I think is really, really powerful. Um, and for a project like Artblocks that you said, like started off obviously zero to nothing or zero to one rather. Now it's grown to 7,000 plus folks just within the discord at least. Um, I'm wondering if you can kind of not talk to me about how it's grown up into this point, but how you see that community scaling and, and continuing to grow and continuing to uh, think about how empowering them will kind of impact the, the, the future trajectory of art blocks and how it evolves. I'm curious about that. 
you're going to see, you're going to see some really interesting branches, I think in the community. And I think that's what kind of enables a community to grow is that if you have a community that literally is all in the same channel, it's all doing the same thing. I mean, that's amazing. And you can get a lot of excitement and you can all talk about stuff, but uh, it's the fact that it kind of has the ability to branch out in a lot of different directions and individuals can take ownership of certain branches of the community or individuals can participate more actively and kind of be known as like the people that are kind of managing that part of the community. So for example, um, something that was part of the idea of art blocks uh, and actually this was formulated, you know, uh, I think subconsciously for the most part up until I joined top shot and kind of became like a, a obsessive, like literally OCD collector, right? Like I had to have, not just one, but multiples of every single set. And they had to be nice, clean sets. And I had to have one of every one. And, you know, um, it just got, I mean, it was, it was obsessive. And, and I feel like to a degree, you know, obviously that paid off, but also maybe it shows that I'm a little bit too obsessive about stuff, but that's okay. Cause it normally doesn't pay off to be that obsessive, but that, that, that kind of collectability is, is something that I've, kind of gently promoted and kind of gently hinted at over the last few months. I'm one that is terrified of in, in, instilling FOMO into my community. And, I, and I'm very conscious of how things I say will impact a lot of people at one time. It's actually also very terrifying um, how much influence uh, one word can have. And so, you know, I'm very careful with that. You know, we're very careful not to like suggest people buy stuff other than because they love it. Because I mean, I think that ultimately that should be the goal. But collecting is something that I've kind of gently prodded at. Um, I gently kind of demonstrated by creating some crazy collections early on, some of them that cost a lot of money because I had to spend a lot of money on mints and on the secondary market to show these collections. And um, recently, we've had a couple people in our community. Um, one of them is Westophilopoulos, if I said that right. And another one is D. Bachman. And we have a bunch of others, but like these two specifically where they have created they've carved a niche into their own way of collecting and curating pieces and that niche has inspired other people so it's one thing if we're kind of gently nudging at it it's another where like you know one of our collectors d bachman has created an on cyber gallery of only monochrome art blocks mints and if you if you see what art blocks produces you know that it's probably less than one percent of anything that comes out of our entire smart contract is monochrome and you know first it was like this cute set of three and it was like, Oh man, that's cool. Cause you know, this piece is very colorful. And all of a sudden, like you have this cute set of three monochrome and you're like, huh, interesting. A, as someone that loves color, like, you know, you would think, Oh man, like that's, that's the opposite of what I like, but instead it was, it, it inspired, it was inspiring to see that. And now you can walk through a gallery of his and I don't want to exaggerate. Maybe there's 25, maybe there's 50 pieces. Uh, I'm sorry if that's grossly overestimating it of, all these pieces that he's now collected that are just monochrome black and white art blocks pieces out of an otherwise very colorful collection. And when he shared that with me and with the community, it, it, it blew my mind, right? Like, I mean, it's, you know, this is one approach to collecting and he has now carved that out himself. And that doesn't mean nobody else can collect monochrome. I mean, eventually there's maybe not enough monochrome for everybody to have a monochrome collection, but I think he's inspired me and other people that, oh, this is a really cool way of collecting. Um, uh, our collector West, I'm just going to say West, um, created a, the first paper armada set that included all of the different, um, ship types in the same color. And then 
put them all together in this way where it's not just like, you know, all of them lined up on a wall, but kind of sandwiched them all together to kind of create this look of an armada with the same colors and the same ship and all the different ship types. And it blew my mind as well. I mean, so that has inspired a whole crazy community, just people creating armadas. It's, cre it's inspired uh, Chettle Golid, which is the artist of the piece, to create a kind of supplementary plugin algorithm where you can, you can read your armada piece and then you can remove the background and you can change the orientation. So now what people are doing is they're getting all their armadas, they're changing the orientation, removing the background and actually assembling them into armadas and creating these really beautiful pieces where they have one armada facing off with another armada. This is the power of generative minting. This is the power of one of one of X, right? Like we, we coined that kind of expression because you, we, I mean, I love one of one art, of course, I could never afford it before, but I love it. But like, you can't have this community based on one of one, but you can have this community based on one of one of X. Uh, it's very expensive. It's a, it's a very high barrier of entry to get into this just mainly because you can either, you know, spend $30 on lunch or you can spend $30 on transaction fees to mint a piece on Artblocks. And we're very keenly aware of that and working on a lot of different directions and solutions to make minting more accessible and L2s and other blockchains and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that to me, that branch and that branching of community is where we're going to go. You're going to have that, like I mentioned, that golf course community. You're going to have um, people that uh, collect because they want to create physical installations and then people are going to visit those physical installations. We have uh, a, a project on our blocks uh, set up by a, by a gallery called Bright Moments Gallery in LA. And the only way you can mint their art blocks project is you have to visit Bright Moments Gallery and they will, and they only do 10 per day. And if you visit the, the actual space, they'll give you the BRT token, which is what's required to mint the piece. And so that's creating all sorts of FOMO with people that are like, oh my gosh, like I want my crypto Venetian, but also it's really establishing a sense of community within their community of people that own crypto Venetians because there's only a hundred and so of them out there and it's a very exclusive club to have a crypto Venetian. So that's another community. Um, it's, uh, I don't think we even know 90, the other 98% of communities that are going to arise from this, but that's where we're headed. We're headed towards multiple branches that kind of culminate in the same tree trunk, which is we are incredibly strict with the art that we put on the platform. It has to be resolution agnostic. It has to look good on a 24K television in 10 years uh, without any kind of resolution degradation. It has to be uh, deterministic. It has to like look the same every single time you open it. Um, it. It can only have one external dependency and that we're incredibly strict on as well. Like those kinds of things kind of lead all of these different branches to one central brand identity of art blocks and that brand identity is not one that's meant to be a luxury brand identity like oh i have an art blocks it's meant to be a technical brand identity that says i own this thing that is stored immutably on this other thing and while there's no guarantees that in 100 years i'll be able to see it if anything from our current internet today is viewable in 100 years this is likely going to be one of them uh, and that I think is inspiring a whole new community. It's inspiring a whole new sense of ownership and a whole new sense of like comfort with art. Um, and as you see some of these high value pieces kind of skyrocket in value, like, you know, Ringers has just been this standout piece that it goes, I mean, just like everything else in crypto, it goes through cycles, but it maintains this price point where, man, I, I think owning a Ringers in 10 years is, is going to be equivalent to owning 
some of these like really major blue chip artist pieces in 10 years uh, because it's, it's so significant and it's so thoughtful of an algorithm, et cetera. And so that's going to create its own other community, just like people that get together that own Ferraris on Saturday mornings to have breakfast. Like I think, I genuinely think in a few years, you're going to have like ringers meetups in cities where it might only be 20 people in that city that have a ringers and they're going to get together and kind of just talk about not ringers at that point. Hopefully they've already talked through everything they need to talk about, but just that's what brings them together. And that's what kind of like inspires the other conversations that they're going to have, whether they're about art blocks or traditional art or, or Ferraris, like who, who you know, whatever. So um, yeah, I, I don't know if I kind of rambled a little bit too much, but that's where I think we are headed with community, not just in art blocks, but in crypto in general, I encourage other communities to really feel that energy that happens when people have individual individuality in their community. You have your own username and, you know, punks has proven that people really enjoy in, in displaying individual avatars. And so have all the other avatar projects. And when you can have an emotional connection to a piece of art or multiple pieces of art and they're yours and they're unique and somebody can see that one and say, Oh, that's Eric's art. Because, you know, there's, there's certain, there's certain art blocks mints that I've done that have, been so special or, or unique that like people remember when they were minted and when they see it, they're like, Oh yeah, that, that one's snow froze. Like that is something that will help encourage community building in, in any uh, world. And I think that we can, you know, explore generative minting uh, for communities uh, across the board like that. Dude, I'm, I'm right there glad. with you. <laughs> yeah. That what a fucking amazing answer. Um, on, on the curation front, that's something that I've been super stoked on. I think that it's so incredibly powerful for people that are not in to the scene yet to see these curated collections, because then it's almost like this uh, light switch moment where they're like, ah, I get it. Like that's fucking beautiful. It's just like they have their own experience with someone else's curated collection. And then they want to get a part of it and they just want to join that club. And they want to get a piece of, uh, whether it's Ringers or Fidenza or any of the other like stellar projects that have been listed, right? And that sort of more specific collector club that forms around that, I, I totally see that as the future. I mean, you already see that and have seen that with the punks, right? With now right. 40 yacht clubs. And I mean, if you really go back in the history of the metaverse and you reread Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, <laughs> you look at some of these enclaves, it's just like, well, I can imagine that enclave being the fucking punks one. And then this is the Bored Apes and then Absolutely. this is yeah. Ringers, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, it's almost been foretold uh, in a really interesting way. But I just want to like flag how amazing that answer is, especially from a community perspective. Yeah, we're, th this is the most ex exciting part. I mean, besides you know, waking up to 45 drag messages and feeling compelled to answer them all, which I guess eventually <laughs> will have to not happen, unfortunately. Like, I don't need, you know, it's like, I do feel like, you know, my involvement in the community is a big part of this because I, I make myself available and, I, and I'm, 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 I'm very worried that eventually there'll be a time where I just can't be as available. And, and to me, that's like the biggest cringe so far for our blogs is how much I used to answer every artist's question. I used to answer every question on Tech Talk. And yeah, that's why we've brought on amazing people on our team to kind of help manage those questions. But that I feel, you know, a little bit of a, of a, of a heartache, you know, losing some of that direct involvement. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's as a result of, you know, all this other crazy stuff that we have, that we're pursuing and, and, and enjoying. So, yeah. 
Dude, I'm curious to hear your perspective, man. I feel like, you know, one of your great strengths has been, uh, you know, being able to sort of be ahead of the curve and, and, you know, see the path forward. And you've already given us some great examples today of like, you know, projects that haven't been done yet, but you can see that it, this is definitely going to happen. It's definitely going to be a thing, especially just like Matt was saying, talking about the communities, meetups. You know, I figured like with the rate at which crypto moves, like, you know, how far away are we really from these things? And, and I guess my, you know, uh, rhetorical question answer is not that far. Uh, and so if you look at art blocks and the role they play in this development, and we're looking like further out from that, like zooming way out. Like how how does Art Blocks sort of navigate the crypto space moving forward as these communities to branch out, continue to branch out? I mean, does it just continue to grow and become this like algorithmic generative hub, or you know how how far down the line have you thought, or or is this just one of these things where? things have just ramped up and you just got to be ready to adapt on the fly and, you know, sort of let the path carve itself type of thing. Well, we've had to adapt already. Um, we have a lot of interest in what we're doing at our blocks that is not necessarily art and it's not necessarily artistic. Right. So like I mentioned, we're talking to some game studios and we're talking to apparel companies that, you know, really think that there can be this kind of community uh, in their own community or they can generate communities based on kind of this concept. And so, you know, we have, we also want to be very careful to preserve the art on art blocks. Right. So like if, you know, Taco Bell wanted to create a art blocks NFT, like, do we want to see that next to a Fidenza? And obviously the answer is no, not just from our perspective, but also like for the artist, right? Like it, it just, it, it, we want to make art blocks art forward and keep it art forward. So, what happens when you have, you know, we're, we're currently in talks with about eight different organizations from all over the world, all walks of life, like not just art, that want to explore what we are putting on the table for their own communities and for their own branding and their own product. And so what we've created, we've had to kind of shift um, and create this whole separate, almost kind of like an enterprise version of our blocks. And, and the idea here is that, you know, people it's for the same reason that like, I don't think we can only have curated projects like any artist that's created something algorithmic that functions and is secure and is not just like a you know copy of someone else should be allowed to deploy on art blocks, whether it's in the curated or on the playground or on factory. Similar to that is because we want to, we art blocks before all of this other crazy stuff happened was just intended to allow people to, to use blockchain technology for a pure simple use of creating provenance and generative outcomes. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, we kind of struggled internally. It's like, well, are we going to work with, we're not working with Taco Bell, by the way, I'm just using that as an example, because they did create an NFT on Rarible um, that looked pretty delicious, actually, if you ask me, but uh, the, the idea is that, you know, similarly, like, do we just say no to people that are intrigued by what we're doing and think that it could be valuable to their community. And so, to us, we really kind of had to do some deep thinking. And the answer is no, like we're, we are being validated here. Like this has nothing. We, uh, most people that know me at this point, I think understand that I'm not driven by money. And this is really just like the most fun I've ever had in my life. And it's just really weird to think, man, not only am I getting validated on this crazy idea of generative minting for art, but also on the idea that others would be interested in generative minting for different products. And so 
uh, saying no to that seems just completely unreasonable. So we've created this, what we're kind of for now calling powered by our blocks concept, which is essentially like an infrastructure for other platforms, whether they're crypto platforms or whether they're real world, world platforms to use our infrastructure completely separate from like the art blocks art platform and create their own little communities. So we deploy the art block smart contract for them uh, with like different rules, different mentors for different situations. Uh, we create, we can offer them everything from like an iframeable minting flow so that they don't have to have like web three developers to, if they just want to manage their entire web three interaction, they can do that as well. But the idea is that people are finding value in what we've created and they want to bring that to the table in their communities. And um, it, it has been really fun to watch that kind of develop and, and, and play out. So that's where I think we're headed right now when we, when we're separating a little bit from, you know, what, what the art portion of the platform is. It, it really kind of is a, other than like, you know, these gas wars and this minting issues, which is something that desperately needs to be addressed, unfortunately is cyclical. And so, you know, we had these issues in March and then all of a sudden, you know, things calmed down. And so we, we didn't have to worry so much about like the gas wars and now they're coming back. And so now everyone's yelling again and who knows, it could just keep growing. And so these are only going to get worse or it could settle back again. And that cyclical uh, really kind of keeps me, um, keeps me awake at night, but the, you know, the, the idea is that, you know, our blocks is kind of set up this curated art front and it, it works pretty well. Like, you know, every, everything's kind of moving pretty smoothly there. And, and now we want to kind of, in the meantime, while we preserve this as like our Holy grail of generative art, um, where I'm talking to celebrities every day, these artists, which I consider celebrities and like, you know, people that I've been following forever. Now we can kind of allow other people to use our technology um, with their own branding. And so, you know, you'll see these, you'll, you'll see hopefully in the next two or three months, you'll see projects pop up with like tiny little words at the bottom. They're going to say powered by art blocks. And basically what that's meant to do is to say to the user that might know about art blocks, like we are, this person is creating something with the same strict standards for generative deterministic outputs and outcomes as we do on our art forward gem of a platform, like our baby or flagship, like our, you know, um, and, and so if, if, if we are willing to use this technology for Fidenza and preserve Fidenza in the way that it deserves to be preserved using this immutable technology, then other people using it for their purposes um, uh, makes a lot of sense too. And I'll give you one quick example without naming names. It's like, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's, there's galleries out there that are actually representing generative art in real life, like that have been doing it for years uh, and been very successful about it. Um, and they're actually well-known in the crypto space. And it's like those gallerists have their own arsenal of artists and gallerists don't necessarily, you know, produce 0.1 ETH art. These are artists that are producing before art blocks existed. The cheapest piece on the market would be three ETH or four ETH. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so we're creating kind of this idea of a powered by art box con contract for like a gallery that wants to do an addition of 20 for two ETH, which is more along the lines of like the traditional art world's price models for that level of a art. Like, you know, if we have blue chip artists and then we have blue chip generative artists and eventually we should be able to drop the word generative there again and they should be blue chip too, right? But like in the world of generative art, we have like the blue chip generative artists and those artists should be enabled, should be allowed. For example, the way Dimitri was able to do his playground drop of um, the eternal pump and it was two ETH for an addition of 50 like that should have a home as well. So being able to create 
a secondary smart contract for a gallery that brands it as their gallery that just says powered by our blocks to prove that the technology is the proven technology that we've used here on our side uh, is really important to me to kind of enable people to do that. And along those lines, it's like I mentioned, we're talking to game studios. Like we don't want people, we, I mean, I, I'm freaking nerding out at the idea of someone minting a generative sword for a video game, but I don't know that I want that in art blocks, right? Like art blocks is art and we want to keep that as like the art side. So if a platform, if a, if a, if a, if a game studio all of a sudden shifted all of their storefronts to generative minting. So you kind of mint your power and your color and whatever. All of a sudden those game companies have like a catalog of all of their items that are immediately tradable on OpenSea, which is beautiful. And then on top of that, uh, immutable and kind of stored in the same way off server that you know we love in the NFT space. I think we shouldn't shun that. I think we should pursue that. So that's, that's where we're headed with Artblocks now. Uh, and even with all of that, which I think is, I think it's pretty innovative and I think we're, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. I still think, I still genuinely think we are only scratching the surface. Like it's becoming more clear where we're, where, where people can appreciate what we're doing. But, uh, I oftentimes refer to like when I describe where I think we are in our blocks and I, I hope this doesn't sound like we're, we're, uh, in, in limbo or something in terms of like where we're going. But, you know, I downloaded Instagram because I wanted cool filters for my phone. I didn't download Instagram because I thought it was going to be like the place where I store my memories for the rest of my life. And I put like my, my family photo albums and that it was going to become this multi-billion dollar company. I literally downloaded like cute, like, cause I was, you know, I'm into photography and I had a camera phone early on and I was like, oh man, this is cool. I can add sepia to my phone. Uh, and then Instagram blew up into something completely different that I don't even think they thought that it was going to be. And so I, I, I feel like Artblocks is in a, in a spot similar to that. I mean, who knows where things are going to go, but I still think that we're, we're learning. We're seven months in. I still think we're in like the filters on Instagram phase uh, to imminently or eventually discover how this is actually going to play out in the real 7 billion people on the planet world, not just in our crypto community, not just in the overall art community, not just in the gaming community, but in like the entire, you know, world's desire for individuality. And uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's our vision <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, well said, dude. It's, it's, dude, you're a great visionary, man. And it's, it's awesome to hear it, like, you know, directly from your mouth, uh, you know, what the, the vision and the plans are. And it's, it's hard, you know, as you know, to navigate uh, such a rapidly changing landscape. And you've done it quite successfully, man. So, uh, dude, so you've been here before, man. And, you know, one of the things we love to do is rifle through people's crypto wallets and uh, see what they've been collecting <laughs> in, you know, projects and things that are totally unrelated to theirs. Uh, so if we were to take a peek, man, have you had time to accumulate any other random things over the past six months or so since we saw you last? Oh, I, I haven't had a lot of time. I do feel FOMO of missing, like I am missing out on a lot of stuff. I, you know, I was, I was so active in the punks discord. I mean, I was there every single day and I still am. I just don't talk because sometimes when I mention, like I talk, it just turns into a very long conversation. That's it's, it's really shitty if I'm just going to come in and say, Hey guys, what's going on. And then like leave. Right. So I, I definitely try to carve out the time when I, when I know I can just chill and hang out with all the, all the punk heads because it's where it's what got me to where I am. And it's like my favorite part of crypto. Right. Um, but I do follow that chat and that is definitely ground zero 
for everything that's happened uh, in the last six months. And um, I feel FOMO that I haven't bought into all the stuff that's, that's not all of it. I mean, all of it, a lot of it you can tell is clearly like speculatory and hype, but there's one project that has, there's actually two projects that have stood out. Um, one of them is a project called uh, Crypto Climates. And it's a project by a really cool uh, lady named Megan that um, basically just created these little kind of chunks of, um, oh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see if I can find some so I can tell them to you by name, but it's not gonna happen on the, uh, by slowing you down here. But uh, she just creates these like, you know, little cute little climates that are meant to show, you know, little parts of the planet little tiny ecosystems meant with a sustainable um, approach. She donates money to climate change. She donates money to uh, all sorts of stuff. And I, I just think she, I don't know, like I'm always terrified of like actually mentioning projects because I worry about uh, how, how much of an impact that can make. But I think that she's created something that has genuinely stood out to me uh, as something special in the crypto space from her contributions to the community and you can tell because she hand makes each one she usually sells them very quickly uh and she has a waiting list of people wanting to buy them so that's um that's one that i think is just like super special and um another one let's see if i can kind of find something real quick that i think is i'm kind of going through here um i'm kind of confused how OpenSea is showing collections now oh here we go um so we have a we have a member of our Discord uh, in in our Discord is named CS Jamie. Uh, he's someone that actually I've come to find out is um, a, a rock star in the world of art in the world of like you know uh, Marfa, and he created a, a, a collection called Bad Cash, which is just these kind of crumpled up little worlds. They're on OpenSea as well, uh, and he really has created something that stood out to me a lot. Um, a because he's a collector at Artblocks that kind of is obviously like interested in what we're doing. And so, you know, he, he uses that to kind of inspire, I think a little bit of his work and me, cause I think he has a really beautiful way of creating these 3d, 3d sculptures. Um, and, and that's it. I mean, that's probably the only two, uh, you know, actually one more, I'll just say, cause these are literally the only three things I've bought in the last six months. Lauren Bednar, which is another member of, of our community has created some really beautiful things on OpenSea as well with algorithms that can't work with art blocks cause they take like full minutes to render uh, and so I think between the three of them, like that's literally the only purchases that I've made uh, in the crypto space other than buying Artblocks pieces, like to the point of um, breaking my Ethereum wallet. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Sorry, I was a little bit not so prepared to give you a nice rundown there. Oh, I love it, man. Shakedown, man. We try to catch people off guard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great question to filter out. Um, folks, uh, whether they're they're really really in it, um, which obviously you've you've been in it for years and years and years, uh, versus other folks that are just coming in trying to capitalize on the moment, uh, it's still super surprising how how folks are just unprepared <laughs> for that yeah. very simple question. It's it's also frightening how answering that question can cause significant you know interest in a collection. So that's it, also the fear too, right? Is that you know, um, as you, as you grow in the space, like, you know, there's a bigger chance that someone's going to make a purchasing decision based on that. And if you, if you <laughs> listen to the $12 million stuff, shark, 
which I was just like literally the segment I was listening to in the car on the way to work today. It, it really kind of talks on that subject on how, you know, you, you can, you can inspire someone to buy something because you think it's cool. And um, it's cool because it kind of validates that people think you might have a, a good, a good eye for art and a good eye for design, but it's also um, scary at the same time. So, yeah. hundred percent. No. Yeah. Especially as folks look to personalities and individuals like yourself and I don't want to use like the influencer world, but I, I feel like we definitely, uh, they do carry outsized influence at this point. Yeah. You definitely need to wield that properly. Um, yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> or you become like a shill and yeah, you just pump and dump yeah. and all that good stuff. And that's just terrible. I mean, personally, that would be terrible. Uh, yeah. When I, think no, I agree. About reputation. Yeah. But dude, Snowfro, <laughs> every time I chat with you, I swear to God, like I just walk away with like a whole new way of looking at things. Uh, again, there, there's so many, nuggets of wisdom that you dropped uh, talking about what's happening currently especially like your vision for the future um that just has me tripping out i just tweeted out just like you use the word or the expression thoughtful algorithm i'm like oh my god (laughs) it's such a beautiful expression (laughs) and it just beautifully encapsulates our pretty replaced nerd cloud i dropped that in the beginning and it was all good until thoughtful (laughs) algorithm got dropped no 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 nerd clouds in the title man we already solidified that oh all right cool 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 (laughs) gosh that's gonna be the craziest title ever i'm i'm actually i feel like i need to print that and and like frame it in thoughtful algorithms and nerd cloud (laughs) we need to tokenize tokenize your your titles here yeah, but but Snowfro, man, I just want to thank you for doing everything that you're doing for creating art blocks and for helping to 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 really cultivate this amazingly beautiful community that you've built up of artists and collectors and and just goodness in the space. It really is a bright light. And for everyone, make sure you check out Artblocks and Artblocks.io. Uh, follow Snow, uh, Snowfro on Twitter. I think it's Art on Blockchain. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Do all the good things and snow from man. Just keep on creating, brother. Guys, what y'all bring to the table is amazing. I'm super genuinely lucky to get to talk to you guys. And thank you very much for having me uh, again. It's crazy. I can't even imagine if we do this again one day. It's like, what, what, what's going to look like? So, <laughs> yeah, thank you. And thank you to everybody out there. The I need collectors, six the months artists. to process everything you said in this. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, no, thanks collectors, artists, like, you know, supporters of the platform. I, I, I wake up every day, uh, very, very validated and rewarded. Um, and this is the best time I've ever had in my life. So I, I'm really genuinely grateful for that. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show. Just want to give a quick message from this month's sponsor, Crypto Motors. On July 29th, Crypto Motors the world's first digital automaker powered by the Ethereum network will launch the Gen 1 Neon Roadster drop, which includes 150 unique NFT production series cars with five original striking colors. The last launch sold out in minutes, so make sure you are quick to secure a Neon Roadster of your own. They will be available for purchase on OpenSea and distributed in three batches. Batch number one launches July 29th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Batch number two 
launches the next day on July 30th, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, and batch number three launches July 31st at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Be on the lookout for ultra-rare hidden units that are virtual racer neon roadster models featuring a unique design, color, and other trait attributes. More details about the drop, available units, hidden units, and colors can also be found on Crypto Motors Medium page. And you can also follow the drop and join the Crypto Motors community via Discord. Look out for those links in the show notes and see everyone next episode.